what's going on, Chuck? Not much. What's up, Chuck? <laughs> I know you always get. That's always fun. I had a friend in high school. He all through high school. Yeah, all yeah. through high school. All was he that guy like you'd see? Um, is he like that uh, character? You ever see Men in Tights? Oh, yeah. Robin Hood. Hey, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate that guy. You know what I'm talking about? That little scene. Uh, no, he was always very subtle and shy about it. So, uh, what's up, Chuck? Uh, <laughs> they give me the little head nod. Where'd you go to high school? Uh, Biloxi, Mississippi, private. Uh, Is that where you're from? High school, yeah. Biloxi, Mississippi. Yeah, Biloxi, Mercy, Mercy Cross. Mercy, I've never been to Biloxi. Really? No, never been down that way. Never. I mean, I've been to like New Orleans and stuff, but I've yeah. never been in like the Delta area of the Mississippi state, state was, of Mississippi. That was my life. The whole coast. We never. You very rarely went north of. Uh, there you go. I ten. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it was like. So you're from the deep south, man. Yeah, we we pretty much my life was the Gulf Coast. I mean, you went east west, um, you know, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida. Is there there's um so there's there's parts of Florida that are close to that, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, Des- I was only like an hour and a half from Pensacola. Pensacola, okay. Yeah, yeah. And I was only an hour and a half from New Orleans. So really, yeah. I mean, it was right in the middle, pretty much. So like, hey, we're going to New Orleans for the week for Saturday shopping. Or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you could, or in Mobile was an hour away. I went to college. And so. did when you left there, where did you go? What did you do then? Well, when I left Biloxi, I went to South Alabama, University of South Alabama. At the time, nobody knew what it was. I was only about 25 years old. Now everybody, you know, they were on ESPN playing football last night. So everybody knows South Alabama. Where's now. South Alabama? It's in Mobile. Mobile, okay. Yeah. yeah. So they got a football program, and, and so, yeah, so. Nice. Good game last night. Oh, yeah? 55-3, to they won. What was your college major? Marketing. Ah. Yes. I didn't know you could, like, major and stuff like that. Sure. Like, when I went to college, it wasn't like, like, I didn't have this mentality of, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. It was like, I'm going to go play basketball to the school that pays me the most money, and then I'm going to pick whatever my major was. That's that's the, well, whoever's going to pay you is the way to go. Well, yeah, I mean, that made sense. Obviously, I'm not going to pay for college if i don't have to um of course i went to a small school in eastern kentucky that was just i mean the like we had like 26 majors mm-hmm. and it wasn't much you know i ended up in education and english you know i was going to be a teacher well i mean i guess for me the default was business because i didn't know what i wanted to do and that was broad enough and at the time i, I, mean, when I was in high school i was actually um working at a bank no, yeah. yeah. So like Joey I, did that. Well, my yeah, my 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 grandfather and you know his brothers and family before him they they owned the bakery and uh, restaurant uh, right next to this bank, really this local bank that was right there that was expanding, and um, they were right there at um, Nick. Well, the, the building wasn't there anymore. They closed the business back in '73, but. He apparently didn't like the fact that I was washing dishes and doing stuff, so he made a phone call and said, like, hey, can you interview Chuck? And so I ended up doing uh, working at a bank um, through senior year of high school and my college. Hmm. A, lot, a lot of my college come home work seasonally, and so I realized real quick I did not want to do bank work. Oh, yeah? I was so bored. Oh, my gosh. I, couldn't, so I, never, could, I never thought about working in a bank. I never thought about business in college either, which is funny because, you know, in my third business now and it's like 
I wish I'd have had some education in it <laughs> going into it because everything I've learned was kind of like the hard way. You know, it was like mm-hmm. what not to do. Bank, everything was so clinical and just quiet and, you know, it was just <clears> – <throat> I, it was too. It was way too quiet, and I, did, I knew I didn't want to do finance because numbers drive me crazy. So that took accounting out. So yeah. next thing you know, it's like okay, well I guess I'm going to be doing um, management, sales, marketing, which that's what I'm <laughs> basically management, that what I'm sales doing and now. I'm wearing all those hats now. Is that is that all you've ever done? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did I did sales for a while. And then I, I, I did some, uh, managed a large sales territory, and then now I'm basically running a business. So. Yeah. So, um, when you, uh, what was your first jobs out of college? Hmm. Interesting, you should say. <laughs> <clears throat> I, I, you know, you get out of school, and I had like about, I had a few different offers, but they were nothing that I wanted to do. And so I kind of settled on, the easy choice until I could figure out what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I sold copiers and office equipment, like high end stuff. Like back in the day, like you would have these, they would have these big postal systems for, for they rent out like postage meters mm-hmm. and they have these elaborate systems and you would have um, the old school fax machines, laser, yeah, really expensive, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the high end copiers. Right. So that's what I did for two years. And it was interesting because I did that for two years and I was, I hated it. I mean, it was hard. I liked the people. I just didn't like the work. And the company I worked for, they were just trying to get established in that business. So I had to go cold call all day, oh, every man. day, all day, every day. Yeah, that's tough. And I wasn't the personality type to do it, but I forced myself to do it. I think that's something you have to do sometimes to develop skills is um, there's, there's skills hidden under that you don't know you have, that potential. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? What if I just tried to do this for a while? I don't have to, but what if I made myself? And it really disciplined me to to start cold calling, and I realized I was actually pretty good at it. And, um, you know, it helps you create some of those social skills, like small talk and just finding commonality with people. And, you know, I was already a people person, so it, it was good for me to have that opportunity to develop those skills. But I finally got good at it and started making a little money at it. And then I um, had the opportunity to go interview with uh, Integrity Music mm. that was in um, Mobile. <laughs> and um, what they do is um, they do praise and worship music. They're really big back in um, the, the 90s. They were based out of Mobile. Yeah. And um, they had some openings for um, um, some of their sales territories because they had just started doing distribution internally. And they were trying to place. That's when Christian bookstores were huge. They were everywhere. Yeah, I remember all that. And so, you know, everybody did integrity. So um, I got in there, and I, I remember interviewing. This was interesting. I started interviewing with um, who was eventually going to be my my top boss, Bob. And uh, he said, "What do you do?" And I said, "Well, I sell copiers." And he looked at me. and goes, "How long have you been doing it?" I said, two years." He goes. Okay, I'll hire you. I was like, "What? <laughs> Shortest job interview ever!" Wow, <laughs> rocked it. He goes, he goes. My wife sold copiers. I know how hard it is. He said, "If you've been doing that for two years, you can easily do this job." 
and that was it. And I got in there, and immediately the the, the um, territory increased sales. I had like several states of Christian retailers I would work with internally, and um, place product and stuff, and uh, back backlist and new releases and all that stuff. And it was it was awesome because um, yeah, it was easy. It wasn't even a job. It was so easy for me. Um, you said you know. You- you were trying to figure out what you wanted to do. Was it so much that you knew what you didn't want to do? Because like you said, hey, I got a job. I took a job selling copiers. But you're like, when you got out of college, like, did you have an idea or direction? Like you had this vision, I want to be doing something this, or was it I just want to do something that sort of is exciting? I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I knew I needed to develop some skills. Mm. And I'm like, so I'm always looking at, okay, what makes you more marketable? I never had those thoughts. I never had those thoughts in college. I just didn't. I was like, I don't know where my brain was. Like it was literally like this. It was going in circles. Well, yeah, we all are. (laughs) I mean, we're 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 like what what young twenties? We're we're twenty year old boys, and so what? Yeah, what are you twenty worried about? What are we doing this weekend? (laughs) I mean, I I got out of college was like I mean, for I was in college for five years, undergrad, and it was like I, the whole time the trajectory was I was going to be a teacher. Really? And yeah, I was going to be a teacher, right? And I got out of college, spent one year working in a high school, and I was mm-hmm. like, I am not doing that. This is not what I want to do. And left and just for five, I mean, wasted five years of college thinking I was going to be a teacher and realized this isn't, this isn't even what I want. Yeah. Like, it's not even remotely what I want to do. Well, I had the same thoughts halfway through college. I was like, maybe I'll go into education. And then I went and found out I was going to have to add an extra, extra a lot of extra time onto school because a lot of my classes I were taking were not going to transfer over and it was going to add so much time. I was like, it was almost like starting over. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm good. And, well, and in hindsight, I'm so glad I did. I, I didn't do it because that wasn't the right thing for me. I wasn't prepared for that. Like, I think when you go into an educational field, mm-hmm. you, it's so much better if you can bring in some actual wisdom with you. <laughs> I didn't have any wisdom. Well, <laughs> I'm not saying yeah. I've got a lot now. Well, I was I, just saying I definitely didn't have any at 23. You know, it was like I'm not going to – I'm not going to go very far. Because, like, yeah. you know, students can look at you and go, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about, you know. All right. Or are, know when you, you're making you it. You are going to have that, oh, captain, my captain. I don't know. How, not, not, in, yeah. not at that point. <laughs> I, I don't know how my brother did it. My brother, I mean, he stuck through it. I think he just kind of – he barreled through it for – that's all he's ever done. You know, so we have the same, we have the same tenacious. degree. I think, I think there's certain things. Everybody has tenacity, but I think you got to find what, what, what is worth it for you to, <laughs> <laughs> what will I walk over high? What am I willing to walk over high coals for? And what will I not? I and just I'm, wasn't, I just felt yeah. like there was more to the world. Yeah. And like I spent a year working in a high school and then I did the smart thing and moved to New York city. <laughs> okay. I was like, I'm going to New York city. I wouldn't say it was smart. I literally, I had like a thousand dollars in my pocket, and just left. Yeah, that won't get you too far. It didn't last long at all. Not in New York. Not even back then. It was yeah. like, um, but I made it work. I mean, I got up there and started this long adventure of, hmm. of you know, they started in New York. And eventually, you know, I mean, I've done so many jobs. I've actually lost track of them. Yo, I'm the director. You're talking officer. about developing skills. <laughs> I'm the direct opposite. I, 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 I've only done a handful of jobs. 
Yeah, I think that's fantastic. <laughs> I, mean, I, I just I, was never one of those people that just had that focus. But I'm like this. I mean, that's how I, I think anyway. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, squirrel. Oh, rabbit. You know, it's a, oh, you know, it's always well, something else. You know, it's like to focus for me is is work. Like I have to really work to focus. Like even yeah. to talk to listen is work because I'm so my mind is so active. I can talk better if I'm actually walking or driving because I'm moving. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's how I was when I realized, I, I realized real quickly, I was like, I do not want to work in a bank setting. I need something where I'm out about. Yeah. And people, you want to be around people. Yeah. You're a people yeah. person. Yeah. And so, you know, what's interesting is I, I was only at Integrity for a year, mm-hmm. just under a year, and they decided that their experiment of doing their own fulfillment and distribution wasn't going to work. Mm. They wanted to go through word distribution in Nashville. Mm. So I'm about to get married and um about to be unemployed <laughs> and lose a job i love and uh and um you know about to have to go say at tell you know go 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 tell my uh future father-in-law that i'm i want to marry your daughter but yeah i'm unemployed about i'm to be gonna broke. be living in your in your basement that's just what you want to hear but no um what happened was um i was very fortunate because i worked really hard and i think when you develop those skills um one of the things that happened for me was um, they said, look, uh, Word needs to hire some people up in Nashville. They need to hire some people um, specifically because our, the Integrity Catalog was so big, they needed extra salespeople, field and internal, for distribution. <clears throat> so what I did, uh, put my name in the hat. We decided, hey, you know, it's about two months before I get married, but I could move up here, get established, get an apartment, go back. We'd get married, Mobile go on the honeymoon pack her up move her up so it was it was about it was a real whirlwind is all the stuff they tell you don't do mm-hmm. the first year you get married me and my wife checked off like all five like moving <laughs> starting a new job all the stuff Noob city oh yeah, yeah all that stuff we we basically i think there was like when they we go through the counseling when you're getting married it's like all the five things you're not supposed to do we did all we ticked off all five like immediately and you're still married though yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe those counselors don't know what they're talking yeah. about <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yep. So, uh, I guess this year will be 27, but, um, coming up, but, um, 27 years. So, um, yeah. So the, um, the hard part for me was, um, willing to stick myself out, my neck out because it was like, okay, we could always move home mm-hmm. if we wanted to right. give it a year or two, yeah. see how it goes. So we're like, Nashville's fun. And this was back in 96, you know, so obviously, Nashville hadn't experienced the boom. It was growing, but it's not like it is now. And so we moved here, and we've never discussed moving away since. Just love it. Yeah, yeah. And it was awesome because it was a great opportunity because, speaking of, um, um, they they needed people. um, And so I put my name in the hat. I was one of four people that was able to transfer up and, you know, everybody else when they shut down distribution in Mobile. We moved up here, and what was awesome this was one of the things you never know what God's got out there for you unless you really like try. Uh-huh. Um, this was what was really cool is I, I got up here and I was working internally for about a year mm-hmm. and I got promoted to field, Ooh. which meant that I was working um, three states. Uh, at that point, I don't think anybody had been promoted internally like that. Mm-hmm. After that, uh, 
people they they opened the door for them to look internally for like some talent but field guys normally came in from other areas or other companies um and so i went from internal to uh field and i had three states worth of retail stores that i was overseeing so i'm you know late 20s and all of a sudden it's funny because my trajectory it's funny because i always loved music always listen to music yeah not musically inclined i don't play but i'm always listening to music and so much so that my friends were always like oh yeah you're gonna work for a record company when you get out of school and i always dismissed it i was like yeah no no that's never gonna it was so funny that that's what i ended up doing what record company it was word it was word distribution because oh okay yeah. yeah what was so cool about it is even um got to say that i was a part of the marketing and distribution for a number one record across the country because sixpence none the richer was one of the uh <laughs> one of the groups that we had and of course kiss me was like all over oh well, my gosh, it's still huge. all over the oh my radio. gosh it's like yeah yeah early yeah. 2000s gold so i got i got <laughs> i got all these platinum and gold records at home you know and stuff which is really cool but that one is the one that is the most awesome because i'm like oh my gosh not only were my friends right that i worked for working for a record company but i ended up being a part of marketing and distributing and selling uh had a small part of of just being a part of that whole machine that that put out a number one record wow so i was like that's kind of cool yeah yeah and that's in a lot of movies too oh my god that song is um i heard on the radio yesterday (laughs) (laughs) you you can't go long and not hear that song especially if you're listening to some 90 stations or something you know you know some playlist it'll it'll pop up um i was gonna ask you man you've had some doors open you know and something i'd like you to kind of maybe chime in on is like how much there's a saying you know chance favors the prepared mind did you write that no i think it was uh (laughs) louis pasteur (laughs) said that (laughs) i would like to take credit for it but it sounded like you it does sound good right no it's actually i think i think it's a quote from like louis pasteur or something um you know, and what that means is, is that opportunity opens for people who are, who have been grinding, who've been putting in the work. And yeah. you said you were yeah. developing skills. Yeah. You know, you were developing certain skills, certain skills. And instead of, there's so many people that just kind of sit back and wait for things to come to them. But that's not really how it works. You know, it's like you've got to, your idle time really does need to be filled with development of some kind. And like you said, you said, well, I need to get good at cold calling. You know, I need to develop this skill. I need to develop how to talk to people because that is a huge skill that people don't have, um, mm-hmm. at least especially in today's world. But, I mean, one of the things I wanted to do to kind of maybe think about, maybe you haven't thought about it, just how much did all of that uh, work, those little day-in, day-out, you know, skill sets that you were working on, you know, when the time came, those doors opened much easier than what they didn't, you know. Well, people notice that that's one of the things I, I noticed is when you're working and, and, you know, obviously maybe not every setting is, is, is set up this way, but it generally by and large, you do a good job. People are looking at you for what, what, what can we give you more? What more, what, if, if you're developing those skills and you're producing it's all all ROI you know and so much of mine was ROI it's like okay this guy's got you know he's young he's got a lot of upside um people took a chance and so 
part of it is you don't want to fail those those guys because they they stuck their neck out to really mm-hmm. give you a shot but um you know i think people respond to that they they're watching people people who if you're if you're whatever role you're in um whoever's over you is watching mm-hmm. it's not a bad thing it just means that they're they're like man this this person's really got a lot of potential and um you really want to take advantage of that especially when you're younger you know, yeah, I think I mean, so. You know, I'm on. I'm playing the back nine now, so I'm turning 50, <laughs> 53 this month. But uh, you know, it's it's. Um, yeah, I mean, not even like with me, I'm looking at guys that, you know, as I, I try to expand my my business and stuff. You're looking, you're looking at people, and you're like, okay, this person's got a lot of potential, or this person has the skills, and you know, you just you recognize some of those qualities in people, and I think people are looking for that. But I I think that that and. Um, you know, for anybody who's listening, who's who's younger, network networking is such a huge thing. It's all. I mean, you can work really hard, but a lot of it is who you know. I honestly, fifty um, fifty. I've never been hired off my resume, not that I can remember. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though I've got a, I think a long list of impressive jobs. It's just, you know, it's just a piece of paper, and at the end of the day, it may get mm-hmm. you in the door. At today's with the automation that's out there for yeah. For resumes and applications, like you can get tossed to the side before you even get through, you oh, know, the first you're, barrier. You're 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 just a piece of paper. But you know, it's like in the business world, and I've learned this a lot, is that it's all recommendations. You know, it's like, oh. or you know, you just happen to maybe interact with this person at church, or you you know, you guys you see people here at the comic shop, and you're like, oh, well, let me yeah. Let me get to know you better. It, and how, it's, it's all relationships. Hundred percent. Everything. Everything. If I could go back, I I was very shy, very quiet, and again, that's why I chose the cold call route mm-hmm. because I knew I had to do. You that. were shy and quiet. I was. I was. <laughs> wow. I was, I was. I was. I was painfully, painfully shy and quiet. Wow. Yeah. It was. It was awkward. I was. I was awkward too. Never myself. would have thought that. I was. I always thought you would have got, got walked in and went, <laughs> jazz hands. Jazz hands. Yeah. You well. Know? You know, I, I think when you're around people, you know, yeah. you're comfortable. Yeah. But yeah, it was, uh, you know, but I think as I got older, you know, I mean, it was probably like late high school. I mean, from then on, it was not that. You know, problem. I was, when I, I was, was younger. I was very painful. I was always so goofy. Imagine that. <laughs> always so goofy. You know, I was tall and skinny and I had big ears and big old glasses. So it early on in life, I was made fun of a lot. And then I think through the high school days, I really learned to like own my awkwardness and so I wouldn't let it affect me more. And it's funny. Um, you know, when you're six seven and you've got yeah, no a one's twin on you now, and you got a twin, and you walk into yeah. any place with a lot of people, mm-hmm. we're the first things you get noticed. And like at some point, you develop a little bit of a chip on your shoulders. Like I walk in like this, and then I can't tell you how many times so many people who I've met, mm-hmm. who I've eventually become good friends with, have said, "I didn't like you at first. I thought you were <laughs> arrogant." And I was like. It wasn't so much about arrogance; it was just a defense mechanism. But I mean, I, I was never really—I wouldn't say I was shy. I, I mean, I had insecurities as much as the next person, but mm-hmm. um, it was like you kind of develop certain things. For me, it was sort of out of self-defense. Yeah, um, and it sort of got me a long way. But um, you know, I want to kind of circle back to something you had said um, when you're working for people. Is this is something? I can take care of it. Actually, I, my brother told me this. Um, 
either make people money or you cost people money, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just one or the other. And when times get hard, you know, who's the first people to go, mm-hmm. you know, are they valuable enough to keep around? Or if they are looking to advance their career, move on to something else, are you worthy of a recommendation? Because if I was to recommend you for a job, mm-hmm. you know, and you mess that job up, it's like, that's that's as much on me as it is you, you know, because I recommended you. Oh, Do you yeah. think that guy's going to take my recommendation going forward? I remember being in, when I first went to New York, and I was like, why can't I just get somebody to just give me a hookup, you know? I remember having those thoughts. Like, why can't somebody just, like, I had a mentor who knew me, mm-hmm. but he wouldn't just put me in any situation. And I never understood that for a long time. I was like, why don't you just help me get the door, I mean, the door open? And part of that is he, they wanted me to do it on my own, to learn to do it on my own. Because mm-hmm. there's value in that. You know, you can't always have the road prepared for you. Um, the other part of it was, I realized, was it's as much of his reputation as it is, as it is anything. You know, mm-hmm. and that's Absolutely. big, especially in a place like New York. You know, because you've got to be able to trust people. And it's hard to trust people in business. Which leads me to my next thing. How'd you get into your own business? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, it's interesting. It's a good. This is a good segue because um, you know I mentioned before yeah. the need to stretch my skills. Well, that time came again. Mm-hmm. I mean, the job I was doing was something that the guys before me had been doing it for years. Mm-hmm. Some of them their whole life, and they were getting close to retirement. So it was a great thing. But I knew enough to look ahead and say, you know what, my job is not going to be here in ten years. Mm. because I realized, because I was so much into music, I knew, you know, we're talking about this is like late, like 99, 2000. I'm looking around and I'm like, okay, I've been doing this a couple of years, few years. I love it. But um, the, 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 the secular music industry did not have an answer for digital delivery of music. Mm. That's where iTunes took advantage right. of that opportunity and that's why you had all the pirating and all the stuff that was going on online uh at the time people um doing all that um get, getting their music and so there was no answer and they always would say the christian music industry is 10 years behind the secular music industry so i thought okay this is not a good sign and what was interesting was my sales were going up every year but yet every year they were having layoffs of the sales force and it was mm. contracting <clears throat> so all of that, I started saying, you know what? I need to have a, a, a short-term plan of what I would like to do in the next couple of years. Because I told my wife um, my job wouldn't be probably be around in about 10 years, and I was close. It was 15 years. I think they shut that distribution system down. And, uh, and it was really – it's hard because I didn't want to be there and watch something that you love – and, and, and again, that's the that's the problem. That's the the great thing and the horrible things about technology is you're Man. watching stuff go away that you you love, and the delivery systems are different. But that's business, and so I thought, well, I need to have an opportunity to stretch myself again. So, um, being a glutton for punishment. Um, what happened was, uh, my father-in-law, uh, was starting a company and had asked me to come on board to help get things going because I was more of a, the business mind. And so it was a field I knew nothing about, 
but again, the opportunity to run a company, um, there was business already coming in and things were starting and, um, the structure was there. So it wasn't like I was just coming in totally cold. There was a, there was a plan there. So fast forward, um, started doing church consulting, um, where we go in and help churches, um, raise funds, churches when they're doing expansions, Mm -hmm. um, they're doing um, building expansion. They need capital to raise capital uh, outside of what they're normally normally funding with their budget. Um, so I went in and did a deep dive and started learning about that whole market and that whole service and delivery system. And we've put together. I mean, it's been 23 years, over 23 years ago. I started doing this, and um, in '09, I I, I um, took ownership of of what we were doing and um so basically it's it's been my thing since 09 mm-hmm. and uh but i've been doing this for 20 23 over 23 years but it's 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 interesting because we're such a niche um it's a service we're providing it's not yeah. a good gotcha. we're marketing but it's a service but yeah. we're consulting but having to get in there and learn how to run a company learn how to fulfill and learn how to take a, a, a deliverable uh service and yeah. streamline it and change over time because churches have changed over time you know the last 23 years the way churches right do things so it's been interesting to evolve and so it's been great to have that and be able to shape it make it your own you know have something that you can build that's what's been fun about this is it's like you're you're you know yeah it's it has a whole nother level of stress because it's your neck on the line you're doing it but at the same time there's an incredible amount of um, um, fulfillment in knowing that you're you're creating you're your doing some, your own destiny yeah I mean you're not gonna have somebody come in tomorrow and say you're uh, you're um, we're gonna have to lay you off but at the same time sometimes I have to have that talk with myself it's like you go through a slow time and you know when you're a small business owner you're the last one to get paid yeah so but it, you know it, it's been fun to be able to create and to learn and again i have to sell and market and manage so that's the cool thing about being in business you know you're the, you're the master of your own destiny mm-hmm. you know it's like you're not relying on somebody else for your um basically you know to control like it's like i remember you, you probably never lost it you ever lost a job like I, other than like you know, hey, then this business is shutting down. But like, yeah, not not as far as like somebody coming in like you're you're out of here. I got laid off once from a job yeah. that I loved, and um, I didn't know what to do, you know. And I never intended to start my own business. Like I was like that. Just to me, you might as well ask me to fly to the moon. Mm-hmm. And um, but once I kind of got into it, I was kind of why did I ever do this to begin with? Mm-hmm. You know, I actually had a, a girlfriend years ago that was like. Hey, you should start your own business. And I like, why would I start my own business? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't know what to do about that. I, I, that to me was so nebulous. Like, I just couldn't think to do that. And but once you get there, you can't think of doing it another way. Well, it's like it. It has its trade offs, sure. right? Like you're really never off work. Yeah, that's that's that that's true. You're never off work, and um. You you also um you don't know where your money your paycheck's coming from, really, like it's never guaranteed. 
you know, you sign those contracts, you get some steady income coming in, you know, you, yeah, you can guarantee it to a point, but you really don't know. I mean, we, we went sure. through, we, you went through some really, actually, I'm kind of flabbergasted that you started this in 09, started this thing at the end of the tail end of a recession. Yeah. 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 Really? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but same time, it's like, uh, and you've already gone through another one with COVID mm-hmm. basically had to shut down. Oh, you know? churches were shut down forever. I mean, the, the thing for us is getting back. Um, we were working in states that opened up quicker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you go where the opportunity is. That's the lesson, kids, <laughs> as a business owner. That is true. You go where the yeah. opportunity is. Um, I think that's why I still work in Georgia a lot. Um, yeah. Because there's still opportunities to work down Oh, there. since COVID, I would probably tell you there's probably about six or seven states that basically keep us totally busy yeah and those are the ones that were bounced back the soonest or, or, or experiencing the most growth um well my point is that it's it, taking there's there's safe ways in life you can you know go get a job and get a mm-hmm. nine to five and you have a steady paycheck and insurance and for the most part you're pretty all you gotta do is show up and do your job right yeah and you get paid uh see that's boring to me now i know it's like what i do with all that free time it depends on how your mind works i guess some people just value free time but like i think i think there when you go to start a business like there's there's so many different ways you can go into that right Mm -hmm. it's like i don't think you really set out to go hey i'm going to go into business for myself you're right you're probably like me you're like oh i just need to kind of find out what the next thing is yeah but then you realize like when you do get into starting your own business all the opportunities that exist now that you kind of didn't see before like oh i can create this that can do that mm-hmm. the money can be better you know um you're sort of the master of your own time which mm-hmm. is all which is invaluable um those are the things that when i started doing business for myself i like i kind of wasn't aware of you know because i was so used to like mm-hmm. hey i gotta be at work this time i get off work this time i get my weekends off this that, and that. Sure. but one thing I did realize really quickly was how easy it was if you don't manage yourself well, mm-hmm. how quickly you can slip into oblivion, basically. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, even though I was like, I didn't have to punch a clock, I had to go to work at a certain time. Mm-hmm. I had to create, dis- I had to discipline myself to do certain things at a certain time or I wasn't going to get them done. Um, and it's real easy to fall back, you know? I think that's some of the things that I'm talking about with like when it's starting your own business, how tough it can be in some respects, but also rewarding in others, you know, like there's a trade off, you know? Yeah. It, but at the end of the day, it's yours. Yeah. It's, it's you do not get to create like, something. well, yeah, it's not like you're putting in the time. And then I, you know, the hard part for me is not knowing, I think I always was, it's probably the insecurity of my youth, but, um, not knowing where you stand with somebody. Mm. what do they think of me am i doing a good job am i not doing a good job yeah i've been in that spot before am i gonna keep this job (laughs) yeah yeah and um you know i think and and um what i wanted to mention too is when i was um uh when i was getting i guess i was talking to a friend of mine we grew up together he's got a cpa firm in um in charlotte and um he was talking about some of his uh, he's like we're what would you ever do if you left what you were doing now? And I was like, I don't know. Ooh, good question. I don't know. 
um, <clears throat> I, I don't know what I would, I mean, I think this is kind of what I'm locked in to do for what I'm wired to do now. Cause I've been doing it for so long and have that experience. Um, and he said, yeah, he goes, I would always caution you whenever you think of where, where you, where we are in our lives, like his, my, he's my age. Um, he said, I've got, he's got, um, a couple of, um, clients that they sold their company or they decided they wanted to transition to do something different career wise. And he said they are a year into it and they're just lost. They just, they're not really sure what they want to do still. They're still trying to figure it out. Mm. And he said, yeah, your, your challenge, he goes, just something maybe to keep in your mind that, that registered with me. Cause this was several years back. He told me this, but he said, you know, if you ever get in a position where you decide you want to make a change, he goes, Make sure you know what you want to do before you do it, because um, after being your own boss for this long and doing your own thing, he goes, they can't go work for anybody anymore. He goes, think about it. You've been doing this this long. He goes, it would be really hard to go work for somebody. I'm like, you know what? You're right, because you've got this thing that you shaped. I think that's what, <clears throat> even before I owned a company, I would work at companies, and I think we're all like this, any of us who are kind of analytical. We look, we're problem solvers, and we look at things and say, there's a better way to do this, a more efficient or effective way to get something done. Mm -hmm. And not that you're being disrespectful, you're not speaking out, but you're thinking to yourself, okay, this could be done easier, but you have to follow the lead of your management, right. of your leadership. Right. So now, fast forward, I'm kind of in a position where – I've been doing this for 23 years and leading out in, like you said, master of your own, you know, yeah, fate. the fate. And, and so it would be really hard for me to go back now and look at, you know, be on the other side of that and have somebody saying, this is the direction we're going. And what happens if you're like, and you're really about to make a mistake. This is, is this really a good idea. It would be hard to be, after being a business owner, it'd be hard to be on the other side of that and to, um, you know what I mean? Yeah. To, to, to kind of take, to, to how, how do you process yeah, that? And how how would, you, what would it take for you to do that though? For you to stop doing your own business and go work somewhere else? Oh, I'm not even there. Yeah. I don't, you seem so busy. Yeah. I, I know no. you went through some tough, you know, you've been through some tough, it's been a tough couple of years. Oh yeah. First you had <clears> two years of no work, you know, had yeah, to sell off your product prize comics to yeah, kind of well, make ends meet and COVID, was, COVID was COVID tough. shut the company down for a good most of a year yeah and then um you've had a tough year this year yeah I mm -hmm. mean I've had the the cancer the lymphoma cancer. Mm -hmm. and so you know I came off the road end of January and I'm just in September started kind of getting back to trying to get back you to had normal. said something to me a couple of I don't it wasn't too long ago um where The concern, I can't remember how you worded this. The concern was you're so ingrained in what you do in your business mm -hmm. that you not being there affects it. You said something to that effect. Well. Which is, which is you know, sometimes when people look at businesses, their businesses are built around them. You know, and if they, you take them out of the equation, the business is gone. You know, and then there's some people that build a business of where it's like process-based. So if the owner was not to be there, it would still run. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I was actually curious about like what you meant by that when you said, Hey, you know, like I'm, I'm there's a point like you need, you said you need another you, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think, I think having more 
like me because we have we have a small staff and we the good thing is we've all been working together for so long mm-hmm. that me being out of the picture for six months or so seven months they were able to run everything without me right you know i was doing a few that was the blessing in all of it is but but what what i started realizing was growth for me because we're such a niche service yeah is hard because i i would like to replicate you know our you know bring on people to replicate what we do but ours our our service is so specialized because first of all you know we work with churches Mm -hmm. so there's some understanding of church in you know understanding the inner workings of a church how a church runs um yeah understanding church culture but then there's also the whole thing of um you know just kind of being able to have the ability to sell and to micro be able to um be a detail-oriented person because you're fulfilling so it's not like we have somebody sells somebody fulfills you're wearing multiple hats and so what's been hard for me over the years is to find the guys that can wear multiple hats you have to be very malleable yes <laughs> and so that's what's been hard for me is like there'll be some guys that can come in and handle certain areas certain aspects but can't necessarily handle all of that yeah and to really thrive you have to be able to handle all of that and so that's why i think talking about how i've kind of stretched myself it's like yeah you have to go out and you have to develop leads and you have to develop a network and you know obviously after doing this 23 years you'll have people call you right and and relationships go back to relationships it's like you've been doing this for a while people are like hey you know so and so said i need to call you right or i have a friend of mine or referrals are huge or somebody i've worked with um years ago they're at a different church and they call you and um that's that's you know there was always a um in when we were in college there was always that that stat that they give you about how it's it's uh, more expensive to go out and find a new client than it is to keep it on. service and keep a, yeah. an existing client. And it's so true. Um, you know, but if you do a good job with your work and you have a good reputation, um, it comes full circle. And um, people, again, people recognize you're working hard for them. And I think that was the, the thread through when I was working for someone and even now owning a business i want the 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 client or the customer to know that you're doing everything you can for them and you have their best interest at heart and they they see that so even with what i do now with my work it's all relational everything i do is relational and so i guess that's been one of my strengths but you know for people that are just starting to get at this you know i mean these are things that that's the the that's that's what makes you successful it's building relationships it's being authentic it's stretching yourself not over promising because then you'll under deliver yeah the <laughs> secret secret has always been to under promise and over deliver but you know i think people especially if you're in a in a position like i am um people appreciate you being genuine yeah, and authentic and relational. I think, that's huge. I think it's a yeah. huge part of what you, especially with what I do. Yeah, you know, like I don't, I can make anything on video, you know. But it's like I always steer towards authenticity, 
Mm -hmm. And I steered my clients that way. And I'm like, if you go into a voice that's not your own, you're trying to do a gimmick, Mm -hmm. your your customers are going to, they're going to pick up on that. They're not going to believe you. They're not going to want to buy your product or your service. Oh, absolutely. You know, and it's like sometimes getting, because people (coughs) see things, oh, that's trendy. Let me do it this way. You know, I'm like, that's not really what builds long-term relationships. You know, um, that's kind of like the one thing, one skill I had to develop doing Mm -hmm. video production. I was like, understanding and i think my diverse background of jobs mm-hmm. <laughs> helps me with that because for the most part there are very few i guess types of businesses that i go into that i don't truly understand what they're talking now also i get i get niched into things you know i've worked i've worked at the university level and i've done video production for university so i understand mm-hmm. that language anytime i go into education an educational institution cuz i've done stuff for public school systems um, that's like I can speak when they start speaking in lingo of mm-hmm. educational lingo like I completely understand what they're talking about you know yeah, yeah. and that really helps people and it messes for some reason it, it makes them like oh this guy knows what he's doing you know it gives them that confidence that yeah. I know what I'm doing because I can speak their language and I think that's a huge thing in sales too you know it's like you you gotta speak their language not yours you know what that that's it's interesting i have this thing when i go in and talk to churches you know because you know when you're hiring somebody to come in from the outside you're like okay who is this guy and you know what's he selling well yeah and they don't necessarily you know what's his experience level and is he giving me good sound advice and does he understand our culture And, and 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 a lot of it is taking the time to get to understand them yeah and you know i always tell them when i come in and do a a program with the church it's like look um it's got to feel like your church, your people, your culture. Right. The need to feel like, because like like my company, it's Impact Stewardship. Uh, little plug, uh, <laughs> but my. Uh, oh no, you can plug your business. That's there fine. you go. <laughs> yeah, but Impact Stewardship. We, um, you know, that that was the thing I had always told churches is, you know, we don't want to be, I don't, I don't want to come in and take over. No, that's not. I mean, we have experience. We know what needs what they need to do to be successful, but. We're not going to come and take. It's a collaboration, and collaborating with someone is a lot different than coming in and consulting. I feel like consulting is one way communication. A lot of times, where I feel like we're more of a collaboration, where I want to take the things that they're doing, the customer, the the in customer of the church, what they're doing, and how they're communicating with their people, and take what we do and help them. And and that's that's what's been great is you know going in and helping these churches grow. Um, and do it in a way that they're not encumbered by debt and expanding. Because, you know, in the old days, it used to be mega churches. They were building these big buildings. Now the culture's totally changed with, with what I do. is it's, um, it's, it's more church planting, and you have a lot of these younger churches that are not denominational, or they're, they're trying to um, just get into a space. So we've gotten creative where we've gone in and renovated existing commercial space that's open, do all kinds of stuff, but it's been fun to work with these guys. And it's fun to watch a church, like if you start working with them now and watch where they're at three, four, five years later, mm-hmm. and then watch where they're at five years, three, four, five years after that, and watch their 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 trajectory. It's a lot of fun, but um, knowing that you're able to go in there and help them kind of get, knock down some of those goals and do some of those expansions and do some things and get them going in their communities a lot faster than they would have with that injection of capital. 
and raising funds and doing what they need to do and, and also not carrying a lot of debt on the back end because then they have more money for ministry. So when I go in just a little bit about what we do, that's what helps us. Uh, that's how we go in and help a church is really help them get a good start and uh, with their project and help them get where they're going. And it's all a lot of what, going back to my, my uh, marketing background, so much of what we're doing with these churches is helping with vision. Mm. Because churches are different because it's not fundraising. People think, okay, you're a fundraiser. Not really, because all we do is work with churches. But it's about vision. Because if you ask people to give, you're all, people will give if they support your right. organization. They're going to give. But if they really have a heart for what you're doing, they want to partner with you. And that's a big difference in what I do. So that's what's a lot of fun is going in and helping from a marketing background, helping the messaging of how you're going to roll out a lot of the vision, short term and long term, to the people within that that church. So that's what's a lot of fun for me is I get to use my marketing background. (laughs) So that's why I like to be in the field and not just run a company, but actually be in the field because that's where I get the fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's hard a lot of times for these business owners is you get stuck doing the administration. And, yeah, I had to make a conscious decision several years ago. I'm like, you know what? I was 80-20. <laughs> I need to be the other way around. And that's not realistic. But can I be 70-30? Sure. Can I be 60-40? 60% doing, 70% yeah. doing what I want to do out in the field and, and curb some of that other stuff or let someone else handle it? Sure. I think that's a big, I think that's, um, and it's hard. It's hard if you don't have the money. You know what I mean? It's hard to do it if you don't have the money. But mm-hmm. I do think that is super essential in growth because there's so much creativity that gets lost when you're yeah. worried about, you know, how do I structure this? How do I pay this? I got to fill out this form. Oh, I, you know what? You know, it's like all these little, like yep. you said, admin work, business things that have to get done. And that takes away from the, the creative parts, the the fun parts of what you want to do. In the, and everybody wants to do the fun things in business no matter what you're doing, you know. But it also comes with, you know, these other things that they don't really tell you, you know, mm. which are super important, you know, because if you don't do them, you know, you can get in trouble, you can get behind, you can get caught up in stuff. Um, I didn't know that when I – that's like I said, when I went into business, I didn't know those things, you know. Well, you know – Best thing I did is years ago, I have a friend of mine, he's a friend now, but he's CPA, and they basically, uh, I have them on retainer to handle all of our books, handle everything. So everything's airtight. I don't need to worry about stuff. They just feed me reports. I look at stuff. I tell them what to do, what to pay, what to, you know, what to pay, what, what, um, keep up, tell them what to bill. So what that did for me is it frees me up. So only a couple times a month. First, It's like home when you're doing your bills first mm-hmm. and the 15th. It's the same thing at work. I sit down on the first and 15th and sometimes I'll do a little forecast out and see where we're going to be in 30, 60, 90 days for a cash flows perspective. But you know, it letting, having somebody else just handle all of that stuff for me. Yeah. That I can't even imagine if I had to do keep up with any of that stuff as a small business owner. But I mean, Fortunately, we're we're at a size where I have to have somebody do that for yeah. me. You know, super but, super helpful. Yeah, super helpful. I had a friend of mine. He was in business for himself, and he would sublease from me um, for a few years in our office space. And he had an office in about 
every quarter, every six months, I'd see him in there burning the midnight oil. I'm like, what you doing? He's like, ah, I got to get these tax stuff in. You know, there's all the all the stuff that had to be done. And I was like, you don't have a guy for that? He's like, no. I got somebody who keeps up with some of it, but he was taking on more of that than he, he needed to. And honestly, I mean, I mean, you're a creative type. I'm kind of the same way. You got to focus on your core, what you do. You can let somebody else handle that stuff. It was a big time waster and a big stressor for and him. And it's also like a catch-22 in the sense of when you don't have the money, you feel like you need to do it yourself because that's kind of like your mentality. But at the same yeah. time, it's like that prohibits you from growth. And without that growth, you don't have the money to bring in somebody to do it. It's like, yeah. how do you find that? And at front, you just got to find that balance. You know, you got to find you what do. can I afford? Um, but if you can do that right, I think that's some super, um, I think that's super important, you know, because especially early on is what, what do I need to focus on in order to grow this business? Right. What can I offload? You know, and finding people that can do it, that's tough too, you know, but they're mm-hmm. out there. Um, but you know, I, I've, I've done that so many times. It's like, I've, I, yeah. I, I get to a point where it's well, like, it's, it's valid. It is because your mentality is what's well, up to me, you know. It's, it, well, and you can only do so much. True There's story. only so much you can handle. I'm already wearing enough hats, and you know, to do the work that I do, um, I have to be on site, right? And so, you know, like I just flew in last night from yeah. Houston, you know, so I was there in a 24 hour trip, and so you have to be in front of people, you have to be with people. And so when you're traveling, you don't have time to be doing all this stuff. And then when you come home, the last thing I want to do, I remember it was so funny a few weeks ago, you know, I got home and I went, oh, my gosh, I forgot to send just a little bit of thing. I'd send payroll and invoicing to um, um, my CPA. And I just forgot. And I was like, oh, gosh, payroll. Normally I like to get payroll in if the, if, if the 15th is over a weekend mm-hmm. or the first is over yeah. a weekend. I like to get it in before the weekend for the staff. And they don't notice any different, but it's like, okay, well, I guess payroll's going in on Monday. You know, it's going to go in, you know, after the weekend, which was, which was fine. But um, it, it was just one of those things you're flying and you're going, you're doing, and you're like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot to send this email. Yeah, yeah, it takes me five minutes to do it, 10 minutes to do it. But you're just wearing too many hats. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've sat down with the, it's Sunday night or, you know, we finally had to start setting alarms, but. Oh, we got to order books, <laughs> you know, for the comic shop. And we yeah. always wait till the last minute anyway, because we want people to get their orders in. Sure. You know? Like I could do it on Sunday at noon. Well, but then you're turning around and having to do it but a second guess, time. Guess what the customers wait and do? They wait till the last minute too. Sure. So it's like, you know, um, so it's like, I, I get it, man. There's like the one little thing, but that's also so important. Like I said, I got to get that in, you know, got to do that every, every time. Um, but then you're like in bed and it's like 10 o'clock. You're like, oh my gosh, I didn't do that order. Oh my gosh, you're uh, in bed you at 10 jump. o'clock? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like I'm to a, be though. I'm a night owl, so. Are I, you a night I, owl? I to, yeah, I'm a night owl. I'm, I'm much more productive. I used to night. be, I used to be. Yeah. And for some reason, I'm now more productive in the mornings. Yeah. Like if I, like there's times I'm like, oh man, I've got to get this video edited. I can just grind it out. And I think it's going to be way worse. Cause I'm just going to sit here and my mind's going to drift. And, I, and then I was, if I do it the next day, like I thought about this just the other day, Monday yeah. or was it, yeah, Monday, but the day got away from me from what are the reason? It's like, if I knew I had something to do yesterday, but I thought, 
if I sit down and do this right now, it's just not going to be good. And so oh, yeah. I waited and I said, let me get some sleep. Let me rest it out. And I got up early the next day and went and had it done. Yeah. And it was much more efficient and, you know, the client liked it. So I was like, sometimes I have to weigh those decisions, you know? <laughs> hey, it's the same way for me. I had, I had a, some time. I was at, at an airport and I had to write a blog for a site. You write a blog? Well, yeah, for our for our our, oh, really? our company. So I'm sitting there. Okay, I got to do my Chuck Klein blogger. Yeah, well, I do that too. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, and I'm like, I got two hours. I need to knock this out because I don't want to do it the next couple of days. I had busy days, and so you know, then you get writer block, and you're like, I, and it's the same way. I'm just like, am I just gonna like put this aside, or am I gonna just bolt through? So sometimes I will make the decision to bolt through and regret it because it takes me twice as long, or I'll sleep on it. And, you know, I'll put together some skeleton bullet points, come back and have time to reflect on it, and then, boom, you're, you're in a creative mode at that point because you can actually think about it. Think about it. Let me ask you this, too. You know, I, I there was times when I would, like, have the time and I would the brain power and I would think about it and I'd go, all right, I'm going to send out some marketing emails, mm-hmm. you know, for the comic shop. And it was like, hey, guys, this is coming up. Maybe check out this. Hey, be aware we're going to have this sale. But you know what? You send out just information. Mm -hmm. I mean, you need to be doing that anyway. Mm -hmm. And But for me, it gets inconsistent. And I don't know what's worse, inconsistency or just not doing it at all. Yeah. Because then you feel like, again. I don't think either one of them work well. You you just got to do it. But at the same time, it's like, hey, man, I don't have time to sit. Like you said, you got to have some brain space to sit and type something out or to move pictures around or whatever. Well, when you're sitting at the airport, what are you going to do? You know, I mean, there's only so much Spotify you can listen to or, you know, I mean, so I try to, I try to make sure that I'm filling in, you know, I'm always watching people on planes and they're watching movies. I'm like, oh, what would that be like? (laughs) You don't watch movies on planes? No, because I'm working (laughs) because I want, when I'm off, I want to be off. Uh And again, it's, it's what goes back to the balance thing when you're a business owner. It's the balance of, you know what, when I get home, I want to sleep. I want to rest. I want to do my hobbies. I want to see my family. You know, I'm going to get home. I'm going to take my wife out to dinner, whatever. So it's like you you don't want those distractions of like, oh, man, I've still got to send this to this guy and this to that guy. So I am very proactive. Like when I got to the airport yesterday, um, I got there an extra hour early. I had time, and I was like, hmm, I might go check out a comic shop over here in Houston. And I was like, nope, I don't want to get stuck in this traffic. It's Mm -hmm. too close to 5 o'clock. I got to the airport and guess what I did? I what? just spent that hour and I typed up my notes and did all my stuff and got on the plane and literally got on the plane and had all my work done and I took a nap. <laughs> That's the best when you actually do get ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah. So here's a, here's, a, I'm going to kind of wrap this up a little bit, but you know, for anybody that's thinking about going into business, yeah. maybe they're young, maybe they're not, maybe they tired of their job. Cause I've had a lot of people go, Hey, I'm going to start a business. And I'm like, no, you're not. I'm like yeah. why not? I'm like, because you can't do it. I'm like, what do you mean you can't do it? I'm like, well, you've known where your paycheck comes from for a mm-hmm. long time, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't think you can handle the stress of not knowing where your check comes from. So there's a lot of maybe that's not the best advice because I don't know. But if you had to give advice to somebody out there, what would you say? Because you've done a lot of things. Well, you know, I think you have to before you just cut off any lines of any income i think you like you said you need to know where your income's coming from and can you live off of that and can you live off of the min and max because you know cash flow is king when you're a small business and so i already know that there are months of the year 
that we are flush with cash. But then I also know the months of the year that we're going to be, um, it's going to be harder. So you have to have a storehouse. And I think that's hard when you're going into business because you don't know those things yet. So I think you need to, if you have a side thing, like I remember when I got out of school, uh, when I got uh, out of school at one point, I got licensed to sell insurance and some other stuff because I was just looking for a side thing or something that could work into something more lucrative. This is what I was doing, though, mm. back when I was just getting into the Yeah, selling the know. copiers. Yeah, and so it was not long after that. Still trying to figure out what I wanted to do, and I didn't know what life was going to look like. And, you know, you, you get just get married, you're talking about kids, and um, I, I I was looking for a side thing. And, and what always impressed me with the insurance was – they were like, don't quit your day job until you build up your business. Insurance, the insurance thing was like, you still do that on the side. And then when you build up to a certain level, then you can cut loose and make it full time. Not everybody, when you go into business for yourself, you don't have that opportunity. Some people have businesses where, yeah, I can do this as a side hustle and build it until I can make it my own. But if you're somebody who's trying to make a jump, I was fortunate because there was already an influx of business in the hopper for us as I started doing this. So I knew that we could sustain, you might have season cycles during the year, or, you know, you might have a year that's off, but overall there's a consistency. There's a pattern there of business. There's stuff's going to be there. Um, so that's, that's, what's probably the hardest I think for somebody who's wanting to just start a business and make that their sole uh, income is just making sure that you've looked, done a good good enough market research, know what your your min max um, looks like as far as financials, like what you can expect from sales. Um, get a good handle on overhead. That's one thing that, um, like for us right now, we're having to go up on our fees. I like to keep fees down, but we've had to go up because, you know, we're dealing with all the travel increases. Mm. You know, a hotel that used to be $100 is now 150 You know, a rental car that was under 100 is now over 100 You know, flying out someplace was 350 Now it's 500 or more. So all of those things are real cost, and you have to figure out when you're fulfilling. You know, and again, it's different, I guess, for, for people that are producing a, a, a goods versus how we're service-based. But just get a good handle on your actual cost because that's that's probably the thing that you're going to need the most as you grow this is you've got to be out there in the field or you've got to be the one making sure your the sales are happening mm-hmm. um, or fulfillment's happening so you don't have time to be dealing with all the nuts and bolts you need to make sure you have some good structures in place so you know i, I guess it's pretty broad depending on what you're what kind of business you're trying to do but if you're just a general small business starting just be prepared you're gonna be wearing a lot of hats you know you just you're gonna wear a lot of hats true story yeah that's part is true and you'll be a blogger before you know it oh man i can't wait <laughs> <laughs> can't wait uh i've tried to do the blogging thing i just i guess i get stuck where's why would anybody want to listen to my opinion i think that's why i don't do like a like when I do these podcasts, mm-hmm. like I really want your opinion as opposed to my opinion. You know what I started doing? What are the things that I get asked all the time or the mistakes that I see people make all the time? And that's what I sit down and I write about because you become a content expert. 
Yeah. You know, having done this enough, it's like. I think people, the term is thought leader. Thought leader. <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> it's like school of hard knocks. It's like yeah. you, people always say, you know, when you get in a, like a presentation, they're like, well, what, what should we, what questions should we be asking that we're not? Mm. You know, but I think sometimes it's what assumptions are we making that are not correct because I have to go in there and help help navigate them around. So I think once you do, it, I'm in a different spot now because I'm on the back end of this where I've been doing this a while where I can sit down and come at somebody as like a knowledge expert. Like you just, they understand or whatever you called it. Yeah. They understand. Thought leader. Thought leader. <laughs> I think that is the new trend term. Is that the new I trend term? So. Yeah. You're a thought leader in your field. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that, but. I, occasionally I do have a good thought. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That was it. A, a, a stopped clock is right two times a day. So I do have my occasional thoughts or that is things. so true with me. <laughs> yeah, so at least twice a day, I'm good. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think, um, you know, just for people who are really wanting to, um, think about doing something like this or maybe you're in the middle of it mm. um these are you're not alone either i think there's a lot of um i would say if you're the other thing too is if you're if you're going in into doing something like this or even if you're new you're not alone there's kind of a community when you're a small business owner i mean i talk to people all the time and there's kind of a camaraderie there because we're all dealing with similar issues yeah. you may be totally different type of business but you're a small business owner so I think being able to get connected with other people that like-minded or struggling, you can you can find some good resource resources from people who are walking through it, like say, hey, you know, you might want to talk to so-and-so, or this is a good book to read, or this is a good thing to Well, to I think research. it also expands your network, mm-hmm. because they have a network, you know, and you just don't, I mean, you might have access to who they have access to, and if sure. they like you, they're maybe willing to share access to their network. Sure. I think there's a uh, huge value. I've had, I mean, I think that's, how I got a lot of my business was somebody else that was a mm-hmm. business owner said, Hey, you should talk to this guy, mm-hmm. you know, and people hire who they like. They do. You know, not, I, you may not be as good as the next guy at what you do. I'm not saying that right. It's like, maybe there are other people that are a little more talented in say video production, but if they like you, they'll hire you first, mm-hmm. you know? Um, now if you can do both <laughs> oh yeah yeah well absolutely i mean if you can uh, you know <clears throat> again with anything um it's 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 relationship it's all relationship it really is yeah. i mean I, my, my son is in college right now and i keep telling him he's he's getting through school and i said you need to start developing some relationships with different people in the different fields and stuff because they you know i think um especially when you know I'm in a position where, you know, my kids are all 19 to 25 range. So right. it's like when you see a kid out there hustling and working hard, you want to help them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think it's like that with, with anybody. You see somebody really trying and there you remember what it was like. You want to help. And so I think that's kind of like I think back to how people stuck their neck out for me yeah, and gave me a chance. And so I really think that you know with these kids like watching my son come through school it's like it's all about relationship and creating the net starting to network now because you never know where that'll take you i mean there'll be somebody that you'll network with in 10 years from now there'll be something where yeah they'll call you yeah 
Yeah, that happens so much. And it's also, um, I think, you know, people just, the conversation I hear so many, even some of the businesses next to us, it's like, so hard to find good help. It's so hard to find good help, you know? Yeah. But it's because those skills haven't been developed, you know? And it's not, mm-hmm. it's not so much the, the, spe- the specificity of the job. It's this, what they call in soft skills, which I don't think are soft skills, but it's, you know, can you show up on time? Are you reliable? Are you willing to? I remember when my niece was in college and I, she was, she wanted, she wanted to do sports marketing and um, she had an opportunity to be with UK athletics um, mm-hmm. on their team as an intern, as a college intern. And uh, I said, listen, don't do what everybody else in your family has done. You need to go in there and you, you be the first one there. You'd be the last one to leave. Yeah. And no matter what they ask you to do, don't ever let them hear you complain about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just do those three things, you know? Yeah. And, uh, she did. And her first year was tough. Like she had to stand out there at the, she didn't get to go to the UK basketball games, which is the big show. Mm-hmm. Right. She had to go to the, like the women's soccer field, mm-hmm. you know, and stand out in the rain and make sure that there was an opportunity for kids to sign autographs and stuff like that. You have to pay your dues. She had, she did that. And not only did she, um, work her way through that first yeah. year, they asked her to work in the office the next year. And then the, the last year she was there, she actually got paid. So, but again, you know, she has to don't go in there like the rest of your family and complain about stuff. Just go in there and do the job. And it takes you so far by showing up on time, mm-hmm. putting in the hours, and just having a positive attitude, or at least pretend to have a positive attitude. Well, yeah, it's true. Well, showing even when you don't, you're in a situation where you're like, there's no way this person has a positive attitude, but there are anyway. That shows a lot about your ability to, it shows a maturity level. Too. Yeah. Because let's face it, there's times where you're like, I really don't want to be doing this. But you do it with a smile. You do what you need to do. And people are going to people are going to um, appreciate that oh yeah well it shows a lot about you it's, it's it tells a lot about your personality and your ability to work with other people i'm gonna leave you with this thought <clears throat> i didn't come up with this one either Tom, tommyism <laughs> this is another louis pastorism no, this is actually came from okay. my high school basketball coach okay. and he actually told us this you know our coach was really tough on us but um, i'm gonna leave you with this you learn a lot about a person when you're losing when they're losing you learn a lot about people, yeah. someone when they're losing Everybody wants to be around them when they're winners. Okay. You learn about a lot about the character of a person when they're losing. Well, you do. And for all of the things that my high school coach said or yelled at me, it was one of the biggest things I took away from it. I've always thought about that. It's like, what are you going to do when the chips are down? You've been there, man. You know, been there a lot. And it's like, you didn't waste that time. I think that's what separates, you know, those who are going to endure from those who are just going to go off and do something else. That's good. So it's strong. Yeah. I think it's a good way to end it, man. That's awesome. Hey man, thanks for coming out and hanging with me. That was good. Always good to talk to you. You're so fun to hear your stories. You've always got the best stories. So I know I'll probably have you on here again at some point. Maybe we can delve a little bit. Oh, this was fun. Well, you know, and I think it's kind of fun talking through this stuff because you know, we're all, we all don't, we all sometimes live in a bubble, but yeah, we're not. We're not. We're all connected. <laughs> and I think sometimes hearing these stories, you're like, hey, you hear a little of yourself yeah. in, in these stories, yeah. you know. You know. So, well, man, um, I, 
we'll definitely see you around the comic shop. And, you will. Uh, again, you will. Like I said, thanks for coming out, bud. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks, Tommy.